Sadly, this is what home sounds like for many of America's heroes. During this crisis, many veterans are living on the street, sleeping on nothing more than cardboard. You can help. Donate at cardboardtoheadboard.org. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Fangirl Playbook. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, joined as always by my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. We are down to the final four in the NFL, and we cannot wait for Sunday. On today's episode, from Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes, hopefully, to Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, Steph and I break down what to look for in the AFC and NFC Championship games and give some predictions along the way. Then we're off to Dillon, where everyone seems to be jumping the gun on Friday Night Lights. Let's go. down to the final four can you believe it like can you believe it it's it's unbelievable they did it they they really did it (laughs) they They really did it just a few more weeks to go but they really they really did so we get on sunday the bills and the chiefs and then the buccaneers and the packers so much to unpack with all of these uh this last weekend's games i would say pretty much went as kind of we thought they would yeah. all go for the most part. Um, that Saints-Bucks game was a little bit, I think the one that maybe weren't entirely sure, but I kind of just had a feeling um, they were going to win. And I know a lot of people think this is so silly, but I do think it's hard to beat a team three times. And I'm not suggesting that you lose on purpose or one of those times. <laughs> I just think it's difficult. And I also think more than that, Tampa is a much better team now than it was in either of those matchups. Yeah. And they hadn't played them since November. So that, you know, that was a a fair amount of time and they've really come together. So uh, I saw, you know, some funny memes about how, you know, this is Tom Brady's first year in the NFC and he's in the (laughs) NFC championship and the Cowboys have like been in the NFC for so long and they haven't been in an NFC championship in like 24 years or something, something like that. Um, I'm definitely not doing the meme justice, but it was funny. Probably not to Cowboys fans or to the Cowboys, but it was funny nonetheless. Um, So, all right, well, let's go ahead and let's look at the two games. Let's start with the AFC, even though they are the later game. But let's start with the AFC. It is going to be the Bills at the Chiefs. Now, of course, the big question is Patrick Mahomes going Mm -hmm. to be able to play. He left with a concussion on Sunday, so he will have to clear concussion protocol, and that will – very much changed the makeup of the game. Chad Henney did a lovely job despite that one interception that was just like, wait, what are you doing? Uh, but other than that, you know, Chad Henney is, is not Patrick Mahomes. So no. No, no, uh, no. so that will make, uh, obviously that will make a really big difference. Uh, hopefully Mahomes will be healthy enough to play. Yeah, he didn't look too hot there. I was a little worried about him. And I'm not surprised he finally got the, you know, that he wasn't going to return, but he is everything about that offense. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I worry. I worry because I don't want him to return prematurely. At the same time, I get that it's football and this is a business and they might have to make, you know, that call, but that's not an easy call. It's not. And I actually don't think, I mean, he has to clear the protocol. So I don't, there's no, I don't think there's any, um, at least I'd like to think yeah. that there's not going to be any gray area here. Like he's as either thick as I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping on this one that either he, you know, but 
you know, we will see. So obviously, you know, should Patrick Mahomes play, it, it changes everything. But let's look at kind of the rest of what will happen on Sunday. So you have the Bills running game versus the Chiefs run defense. So mm-hmm. the Bills, the regular season, had the number 20 rushing attack in the NFL. Okay. Uh, it got a little better as the season went on. The Chiefs ranked 21 against the run. So that's a pretty, you know, relatively uh, even matchup. So they against the Ravens last week, the Chiefs really, they only ran for 32 yards on 16 attempts. And we did see them really just go with the passing game because that was what was working, which mm-hmm. you tend to do. Uh, they gave up 112, the Chiefs, excuse me, gave up 112 yards to the Browns. So this one is is kind of interesting um, on how these running games match up. The Chiefs by the by the on the other side uh, were the number six rushing attack in the NFL, and the Bills ranked number seventeen against. The, I'm sorry, number sixteen rushing attack in the NFL. Whoever was number six is going to call in and be like, <laughs> oh, "Absolutely not!" No, number sixteen, the Chiefs, and the Bills number seventeen. So these are the defenses, the run defense on both sides match up really well against the run offense. The chiefs also don't know if they're going to have uh, their top running back back this right. weekend. So, but these ones uh, match up well together, but the reality is these teams are passing offenses and that's what they're known for. And let's pretend Patrick Mahomes plays. We have two obviously very prolific passers two very like young stud quarterbacks. Uh, and that is, I think what everybody is excited to see here. You know, I think the Chiefs are just too good. I think they have just too many offensive weapons. Um, but that being said, I don't discount the Bills anything. They look as good Neither. as anybody in the NFL right now. Yeah, for sure. And I and you know the thing is, is that Casey can be beaten. And yes. if you put together a really good game plan, and I don't see why it won't be the bills. Like, I think it's going to be a great game. I think that the bills have just as much going for them, you know, as the chiefs do. Um, so we'll see what, you know, obviously I think it's going to be a great game. So I, you know, it could go either way in my, in my head. Um, if, you know, we, if Patrick Mahomes starts, if he doesn't, I think it's going to be a tough game. (laughs) I think (laughs) I agree with that. I think, and I think if Patrick Mahomes does not play, I do think the chiefs will still play well and they have enough going for them to hang in there. Uh, That being said, uh, if he does not play, I think the bills do win this game because Josh Allen just looks two really good teams too. Yeah. Josh Allen, you can't, I mean, I just feel like you can't really discount him in any way. I would agree with that. And, and just, he's looked, and he and Stefan Diggs, and they have mm-hmm. such a cute, they're like post game interview. I don't know if you saw it, but it was adorable. And I really, the I always, love, the you know how I fall for all of that stuff, hook, line, and sinker. So uh, I, I love that. So I'm going to, it's like I want to pick, but it's hard. So I'm going to say if Patrick Mahomes plays, the Chiefs will win. If he does not, the Bills will win, which is not groundbreaking at all. But, um, okay. That's my thought. But this, I think, I don't know. I don't, I'm not discounting the bills at all in this game. Okay. Yeah. I, I, think, I think it can kind of go either way. So I'm, uh, do I have to make a pick or do I? You do not. You do okay. not have to make a pick. You do not. And I was just going to say, I think the thing with Mahomes, and we all know this, the key's just the X factor. That right. Which right. he, you know, you just can't account for 
kind of what he can do. Josh Allen has a little bit of that too, because with his legs, sometimes I think he surprises people, uh, even though he can, we know he can run the ball, but I think he has a tendency on a play that sometimes looks like it could go badly to salvage it. But um, so does Patrick Mahomes or Patrick Mahomes will just close his eyes and throw sideways and, you know, 80 (laughs) yards down the field for a touchdown. Who knows? And then of course the other player that I do want to bring up obviously is Travis Kelsey. And we saw the other day, what a difference maker he is. Definitely one of the top two tight ends in the NFL. I'm sure you guys can guess who I think the other other one is, Uh, but we, I think we saw the other day, what a difference maker he is as well. Um, Especially when you watch, and we can talk a little bit more about this in a minute, but when you watch the New Orleans game and you see how their tight end, Jared Cook, had such a tough game, Mm. you just forget what a difference it makes when you have like a tight end that's just such a game changer and such an incredible skill player. Yeah, he, I mean, I have certain opinions about that, about his tight end abilities versus like, I feel like he's almost like a slot receiver too. Yeah. <laughs> like, I agree so, with you. Totally. And I think he, I think he definitely makes everything more interesting. You know, he doesn't block in the, you know, traditional tight end fashion, but it's just, um, yeah. I mean, obviously anybody would want Travis Kelsey on, um, their team, but, um, you know, it just, yeah, he did, he did great. Like always. So he did. Yes, he did. So That's going to be Sunday's game. Uh, I'm, you know, kind of just excited to watch it. I think it's going to not disappoint. I think the great thing about Sunday, too, is we probably do have the four best teams right now, at least the teams that are playing the best uh, at the moment. And it was tough, you know, just we'll take a moment to acknowledge the Browns and the season they had. And, you know, it was tough to to see them lose because I was kind of pulling for the upset. But (laughs) that was definitely a situation where everything had to go right and, and not everything did, but really, I think they had an incredible season and one that will build for future seasons um, going forward. I expect them to just kind of get better and better. So uh, so there's that. All right. So that is our AFC game. Now we go to the NFC where we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Green Bay Packers, Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, who, and this is not surprising, of course, because up until this year, they haven't been in the same conference. They've never played each other in a, yeah. in a playoff game, which would have also been the case, though, had it been the Saints and the Packers, because oh, yeah. and Rodgers also had never played yeah. each other in a playoff game. So talk about, I mean, you know, it's so cool, too, is you have talk about like your, our first game of the day is going to be like two of the greatest quarterbacks and veteran quarterbacks um, kind of a little bit more old guard. And then the, mm-hmm. after this, the late game, depending on where you live, where we live, it's the afternoon in the East coast. It's not, mm-hmm. um, but the later game you have like two young superstars in the making. So it's kind of a cool quarterbacking day. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just going to go with that. But so we have Brady versus Rogers, you know, watching the game the other night, I, I had the feeling that the Packers could not we're probably watching that game and not overly concerned about either team. That being said, I think the Buccaneers, they played really well on defense, certainly not perfect, played well on defense. Their offense never really, really got going. If their offense does get going to the ability that it can, this becomes a really, really good game with, which is they match up really well against each other. And I don't know, you know, I never bet up against Tom Brady. (laughs) <laughs> I I think that I think the pack 
is going to take it. And I'm really proud of Aaron Rodgers. I think he's done a really good job with this team this year. And they're just so strong. Now I know that the Bucks. They did decently and they didn't necessarily like perform to the best of their ability and there's room for improvement, but you just never know if they're going to improve or not. So I don't know. I just don't trust them as much as I trust the Packers. Well, Aaron, I mean, we have to talk about for a moment, the Aaron Rodgers smirk (laughs) at a certain point. Oh, that was so great. (laughs) The thing with that Aaron Rodgers smirk too, you see it and it's like game over. Like, you know, you know. Everyone knows. And I remember and I'd be that. peeing my pants if I was on the other <laughs> side. Nicole, I'm like, forget oh, it. Oh, let's, just, let's just kneel down and call it. Um, there was the Monday night football game in 2018 against the Packers and the 49ers. Um, I was I was at Lambeau, but of course, you know, you have like TVs or whatever, the press box. And I remember, and the Niners really fought in that game. And that was a really hard season. And of course, they lost at the end because Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. But I remember looking up uh, at one of the screens and he, you saw the smirk. I think it was like under two minutes to go. And I was like, this is done. <laughs> this uh-huh. is just, this is over. And so if we see that Aaron Rodgers smirk at any point during the game on Sunday, it's done. Uh, but I think we can't, I mean, I know you don't love him, but like we cannot discount the fact that like this 43 year old quarterback switch conferences, switch teams and is in the NFC Championship game, his 15th conference championship. I mean, that is pretty impressive for uh, Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, and and he's had, you know, he's had a good season and he's done well with the team. And I think that the Bucks, you know, like I kind of disagree with the narrative a little bit because I do think that the Bucks were very, very close to being a really good team. But when they their former quarterback, turned it over all of the time time. and Tom Brady has his moments obviously but he doesn't do that he's very very you know sure-handed he knows he's always in control so he was that piece that they needed but the team itself is really good and I think everyone's sorry go ahead and the defense is like performing super great as far as a lot of young kids you know in the you know back I just think that um yeah he he deserves you know, obvious praise for what he's doing. But I think the team as a whole is also a pretty good team. Oh, definitely. But I think that was the narrative going in, that the the reason to sign him was they they felt like they were a quarterback away from being contenders because he came into a team with a really strong defense. He came into a team with really good offensive weapons. So I think that's kind of gone, kind of how, at least for me, it's gone how I thought it would go in that way. Um, there were times early and in the middle of the season where I thought, well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe they may be a quarterback away, but maybe this isn't yeah. the quarterback at this point in his career. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that that really that really turned around. But, yeah, and I, th- I didn't think that was also part of why he picked Tampa. Because, you know, it wasn't yeah. like at this point in his career he was looking to go to a team that was rebuilding. Um, he wanted to go somewhere where they were kind of a quarterback away from being contenders. So I think it's kind of gone, you know, basically exactly as, as we thought it would go. So yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of things going for him. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how, how it goes, but it's going to be a good game. I think both of these games are great. I'm, I'm happy the way they landed. I think so too. And I think both are going to be close. And I think the, the Packers Bucks game is going to be a lot closer 
then maybe it's it, like two days removed from the divisional round on Sunday. I uh-huh. think it's going to be a lot closer than I thought. I mean, I kind of went, when I was watching the game, I was like, oh, the Packers are just going to like, you yeah. know, annihilate who, whichever these teams they play. Uh, but they now a couple days removed and kind of looking at the matchups and looking at the, the two run games and the defenses and what, they have in the passing attack. And I think what's also interesting about this game, much like the other game is you have two quarterbacks that you can't really discount. They're the X factors. I mean, in this, in this, these, both these conference championships, your quarterbacks are your X factors, except for maybe the chiefs where I do think Travis Kelsey is also an X factor. Um, But, you know, I think that's kind of what we have. It's going to be a a fun day of quarterbacking. We're going to have the old guard and then we're going to have the new guard. And I kind of like it. I'm into it. So, All right. there's, <laughs> so there's that. Uh, with talking about quarterbacks though, uh, there is, it was reported uh, before the game that uh, it would be Drew Brees's that he's going to retire at the end of the season. So if they lost, it would mm-hmm. be his, well, it would have been his last game in the Superdome either way. Um, and I guess Brees said he's thinking about it, but assuming that he, you know, does decide to retire. Like that was kind of, it was, it was a tough way to see him go out. I don't think it mars his career, uh, but it is, it was kind of a tough way to see him go out. And we talked about turnovers and those first couple games between the Bucks and the Saints, Brady was turning the ball over uh, at a much higher rate than normal. I think he turned, I think he threw five interceptions in those two games. Um, don't quote me on that guys, but I think that that's correct. <laughs> and then we had this game where Breeze threw three interceptions yeah. and it was, you know, it was a little bit, was well, it was, there was the fumble was the fourth turnover, oh, but I think oh, it was, oh. I think it was three interceptions and a fumble. Okay. I believe uh, we can certainly double check that, but I think that that was correct. So um, that was kind of, that was just kind of tough to watch, but obviously Drew Brees <laughs> had a great career. And then if anybody saw uh, the video, we actually, we posted on Fangirl Sports Network on our Instagram of them after the game and Tom Brady playing catch with, um, Breeze's kids and it was great. So, you know, yeah, that's cute. Again, two, two legends. And that was like amazing too. You had a 42 and 43 year old quarterback in the divisional round. And I just think it's like a cool thing when you look at athletes and just how different it is. And the other thing that's been sort of funny are these graphics that they've had the last couple of weeks when they're showing coaches, you know, at their ages versus, you know, other legendary coaches. I think it was like McVay and LaFleur. Um, and then they were showing like Madden and Shula at the same age. And it, it's just kind of amazing how things have changed. Yeah. <laughs> was, but you have the, I mean, you have to, to have two quarterbacks that are, you know, playing at 42 and 43 in the playoffs is amazing. And Aaron Rodgers, I think is 36. He's certainly been in the league a very long time, maybe 37. I have to check his exact age, but you know, either way, it's just kind of cool. Um, you know, what we're seeing in the, the longevity. And that's certainly not true for, for all NFL players and probably not true for most of them, but it's, it's cool for the ones that we are seeing. Um, so there's that. There's one other little NFL storyline that I think we should just bring up because we'll see what happens. And we have miles to go before we sleep on this. But of course, it's Deshaun Watson, unhappy in Houston. Oh, yeah. He wants, apparently he wants out. Again, we are in January. So... You know, we have a while to go on this, but um, very curious to see. And I just think Houston, God, do they make stupid decisions. And all he wanted was 
a say, or not even a say, like for them to consider like, and yeah, talk to people. Fill them in. Yeah. Yeah. Fill them in. Or I really think this guy would be a great head coach. This guy would be a great GM. And they just didn't, they just completely ignored him. I don't know. I have a hard time. I don't know. I think they're, I think they're going to try to do it. Well, maybe not, I guess. I guess I think it goes back to their culture of that, how they treat, you know, all of, they treat them and they are employees, but there's a way to treat employees as partners versus commodities, you know, like as assets or you're just, you know, you're just basically, you know, their property. And I think that that's something that is really problematic for the Texans because it's not, it's just like, oh, okay, well, we'll just trade you away. And it happened, you know, with Brooks and Tunsil and then, you know, it just, you know, there, there's so many. Yeah. And so then, you know, he was like, okay, they made the switch with O'Brien, but did they really, really, you know, change the way they do things? And I think that to me, I can kind of see why Watson feels the way he feels. Like, I don't want to be, you know, this commodity or this prop, your property, you know, that I, I want to feel like I'm part of something here. Well, and we were just talking about the longevity of certain careers, but most people don't have quite that much longevity. And here you have a quarterback who is a really special quarterback, in my opinion, who's oh, who's yeah. one of the greats in the league. And there's also like, you're not listening to me. You are, like you said, treating me like a commodity. You're also wasting my career. Like yeah. what DeAndre Hopkins is gone. Like, you know, you're it totally- almost killed him like, so yeah. many times. Yes, yeah, so many Sorry. times. It's like, it's true, but it's like, you know, it's wasting a career and it's really terrible. So I completely understand why he's unhappy. You know, if I were the Texans, I would be doing everything in my power to try to fix this. For even sure, for sure. Like they are, but I would if be doing can. everything. Yeah, if, if they, they can, can but- salvage it at this point. It's just because I'm like, why in the world? Like, I mean, I can't imagine them getting rid of him, but it would have to, I mean, if the relationship was that fractured, they may not have a choice. Well, they may not. And if he's, if his thing is, I want to be traded, like you don't want, not that he wouldn't go out and give it his all, but it's a tough situation to have your quarterback, like not just unhappy, but like, I don't want to be playing here. Yeah. (laughs) You know, when you're forcing me to play here is, And the other thing, too, is, like, these guys put their, like, I don't want to get dramatic, but they put their lives in the body, their bodies on the line every time they walk on a field. So, you you know, you don't want to be in a situation where you're terribly unhappy and you're doing that every week at a place where you just don't want to be there. It's really, it is really too bad. And I don't know that the Texans can entirely fix their culture because, of course, it starts, you know, high up. But, you know, you have you had a situation that really could have been special there. I mean, you did oh, have yeah. you have just Sean Watson, you had DeAndre Hopkins, you've got JJ Watt. I mean, you got like, even just a year it. ago, they were in the, and they were the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Championship. So it's just like, I don't know. It's just like how quick things fall, you know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, things happen fast. They do. <laughs> the league comes at you fast. And that's, uh, that is very true. So that will be a storyline to watch, you know, throughout this offseason. Um, and I did see a tweet from him yesterday that I guess people in Texans had planned to, uh, in Texas, and Houston yeah. had to prayed in his honor and he asked them out of not safety and respect not to do it, which, you know, I appreciate it. I think we all know what a Deshaun Watson fan I am on this Me podcast. Too. 
So uh, <laughs> we'll see where Thanks, he man. ends up. There are a few potential places he could end up and lots of chatter, but um, we'll wait. We can wait on those until yeah. <laughs> until we see what happens. And I think it'll also depend so much on like, you know, if he demands a trade and says, but I'll only go to these places that, you know, changes everything. If he just wants to be traded, the bidding war will be rather intense as it should be for him. So yeah, we shall see. All right. Well, speaking of Texas and football, we are heading over mm-hmm. to Dylan uh, for Friday Night Lights. We are in season two, episode entitled Jumping the Gun. So in our last episode, There Goes the Neighborhood, uh, the Larrabee Lions, we're, we're practicing with the Panthers uh, after a hurricane totally, was it a hurricane or a tornado? Well, either way. Yeah. I think it's yeah. well, it tor- tornado. tornado. That probably makes more sense. Okay. After a tornado uh, destroyed I'm their school. Sure. <laughs> I think either way, their school was destroyed by a natural disaster. And uh, they were there, you know, with the Panthers at uh, Dillon High School and, and tensions were high. We also saw at the end of the episode where Tim Riggins is trying to sneak Julie in because she's wasted where he saved her from a very bad situation at a party. Uh, and coach Taylor walks in while he's trying to like get her shoes off and get her to bed. And of course it looks like a compromising situation. Um, and Tim has been kicked out of the Taylor house. So that is where the last episode ended in, in this episode. Uh, well, we have a lot that goes on in this episode, actually like quite a bit. So let's, uh, let's start with Tim. Let's start with where let's get, since I brought Tim up, let's kind of go with that storyline for a moment. Um, so Tim, Coach Taylor comes to work early. Tim is sleeping in the locker room. Coach Taylor tells him that is no longer an option for him. So he ends up going home where he sees an eviction notice and his house seems to be in even worse shape than when Tim lived there. That's <laughs> I was like, wow, this place is even like, like so Tim was the guy that kept the house together. That's kind of amazing. Uh, so Billy's nowhere to be found. As I said, there's an eviction notice. Uh, he Tim sees the neighbor. Uh, she She's packing up, clearly moving out of Dylan. He makes a snide comment to her that if she wants to to be involved in a Riggins trifecta, he thinks his father still lives in Corpus Christi, um, which wasn't that nice, but no. she kind of feels like, okay, she like can't get too mad about it, even though it really wasn't that nice. Uh, but she, you know, she says to him, and I think this is where you have the immaturity of a high school student. You know, she says to him, like, I have a child and I was new in town and I was scared and I was like looking for a little stability. Interesting that she felt Billy Riggins was the picture of stability. <laughs> <laughs> so or either, given, them, right? or either of them, 100%. But then she just, I mean, I guess in theory, he's more stable than Tim, but I think he's just older than Tim. I don't know that he's more yeah. stable than Tim. Um, but that's a whole, I guess, other conversation. But actually- that will lead into what happens with the Reagans as the episode goes on. So um, she tells him that Billy has in fact lost his job and et cetera, et cetera. So he finally comes home. Billy's there. They talk it out. Brothers love each other again. Onward and upward we go, except that they have to pay $2,000 for the mortgage and they don't have it. So Tim has been now, you know, kicked out. He's coach Taylor does not, trust him anymore. He's obviously very angry at him. Um, and they go to Tim's former residence where he was living with the meth dealer to get his stuff. 
and there is $3,000 lying on the table and they take it, Uh, which was probably not the best move. Um, So from a drug dealer. (laughs) No, not from a drug dealer. And as Billy says, I'm a little concerned that we just stole $3,000 from like the biggest drug dealer in Dillon or one of the biggest drug dealers in Dillon and Dillon. So there's that. So they, but they pay the mortgage. So after this happens though, or before this, Julie finally comes clean to her dad and says, well, first of all, I want to say earlier in the episode, Julie comes over to Tim's and she thanks him for saving her from the bad situation she could have been in. And then she says how sorry she is, but she just, she couldn't tell her dad the truth. And it was an interesting moment because I felt like for Tim, and he said, I I get it, but I thought like, well, how, she redeems herself. But I thought like, that's really sucky. And yeah, to I save don't get that. I don't, <laughs> I don't get that. Get like, to save yourself, you're going to throw him under the bus. And I also felt like from Tim's perspective, like, well, what a luxury for you. Yeah. That you have that ability. Um, I didn't like it. I don't like it either. And it's just, I just, I come from a place where I'd rather throw myself under the butts than any, totally. you know, than hurt anyone else. Like, and even, you know, I don't know. I, especially somebody that's not deserving of any kind of wrath, you know? So I, and it's totally her fault. And I would think she would like feel bad. And this is one of the reasons that Julie like got on my nerves this entire season. It's just this attitude, this, and I, yeah, I get she redeems herself, but I didn't like this one. <laughs> no, and, she, and it's it's entitled, and it is saying, "Listen, I appreciate you saving me, but like my, it's I'm yeah. a little more important than you." And especially so. since he did, I mean, think if he didn't, and he would have avoided all the drama, right? But then she would have. Then what would have happened to her? You know, that like been bad. so how I don't know. How, so, how do you even get there? You know, I don't even know how you, how you even get there. And, you know, again, <laughs> she is at this point, however old she is, 15, 16 years old. And I think, I think it was a growing and learning experience for Julie, but it was like a very, like, I'm more important than you are. And I think right. people make that decision. Now, to her credit, she does grow and learn. And uh, as Coach Taylor, her timing isn't amazing, but as, as Coach Taylor is leaving to coach the game against this this long-awaited game against the Larrabee Lions, um, she tells him the truth. And she says she was drinking and it was her fault and Tim really saved her and he was trying to sneak her in so she wouldn't get in trouble. And Coach Taylor, it's actually kind of a great moment because instead of like yelling at her, getting like super mad at her, he's like relatively calm and he just says, damn it, Julie, and he leaves. And I feel like that was more powerful. <laughs> like that's just like, oof. That's like I'm mad and disappointed, right? <laughs> and that's that's not that's both, and that's that's really rough. And so, um, and he at the end of the so at the end of the episode after they've sold the money, they've paid the mortgage. Coach Taylor comes to the house, and you know he he says to Tim, "I want to apologize." And something happens to Tim during the game too, so we'll get to that in a minute. But um, he says, "I want to apologize. I've been really hard on you the last couple of weeks. You haven't said anything. You know, Julie told me the truth, and you know, I was wrong to assume the worst." And he's he like really, you know, owns it and, and man's up, so to speak. Um, and that's a moment. But you can also see in Tim's face because he shakes his hand and he said, I, "I, you know, apologize, basically for not thinking 
you're honorable because you're an honorable man. And you can see in Tim's face that he, you know, that decision to steal the money. This is what happens, I think, with Tim and with so many people. Like he's mm-hmm. constantly underestimated. He's not given the benefit of the doubt. So then you start to do things right. because why wouldn't I? Because no one believes me anybody. It's Wait, like nobody gives me credit. It's fulfilling prophecy or whatever that, you know, if this is what people think of you, that's how, like, unfortunately, how you become. You know, you, yes. you fulfill that role. And especially for him at such a young age, like, this is basically the role he's, you know, playing in because of how everybody thinks of him. Mm-hmm. And so you can see after the coach leaves, you can kind of see that look on his face that, like, damn, I just stole $3,000 from a drug dealer. You know, like it's not, uh, not a good, not a good situation. So, um, I'm going to get to just so you don't think I forgot for those of you who have watched and for Steph, we're going to get to smash last. Cause I think that's a huge like story that I kind of want to really focus on. Um, kind of like what you, we were doing with Landry before he was like last. So we're going through everything else and then we're going to get to smash. Uh, so, um, in the game, so we see the coach of Larrabee, and we've seen it, you know, since last episode, like his behavior is strange. He like pushed Tim last week, and then he ended up getting a fight with Coach Taylor. And we're seeing him like slowly but surely continue to lose it throughout the episode. So we get to the game. It's a close game towards the end. Uh, the Panthers are down. Of course, they go on to win it because they usually have a Hollywood ending on the field, but they go on to end it. Uh, to win it. <laughs> yeah, it's on the final play. Um, but Tim is running down the field and the coach like jumps, like runs on the field and tackles him. And it's like one of those things where you're like, what is happening? And you can see like, he's been losing it, you know, throughout the, his whole time there. And earlier in the episode, he has a phone call and he says, I understand. And he hangs up the phone and coach Taylor comes in and says, um, you want to get a beer? And he says, I don't drink. And he says, do you not drink or you don't drink with me? And the coach just totally like rebuffs him and says like, you can take your, your charm elsewhere. Um, and he just seems like he's a jerk, you know, and coach Taylor keeps telling him like, you know, you're a jerk and it, and he brings his playbook in cause he left his playbook on the field. And the coach is like, oh, aren't you just a regular boy scout? And he just, he's kind of just, the behavior seems above and beyond, but what we find out the end is that his wife has three months to live. And it's just one of those reminders. And again, it always amazes me with this show, like the stuff that was going on all, like this was 13 years ago and it's stuff we talk about so much now. It's just like one of those reminders that there's, you just don't know what people are going through. Yeah, that's true. And it does not excuse his behavior. And to his credit, he says that it's, this is not an excuse for my behavior, but like, this is what's, going on and people process and act out in different ways. And again, these are not excuses, but it's just something to remember. And I think we talk about this a lot on Get My Job, just in terms of career and not taking things personally. But this is a good reminder too, that like, it's not personal, even the stuff that feels personal, it's usually something about the other person that's going on in their lives. Um, So that's kind of a good reminder. And it kind of ties in a little bit with with Tim, you know, I think that's why the episode's called "Jumping the Gun." Like, there's been a lot of jumping to conclusions, right? Um, and we're going to see that with Smash Two, and we're going to get to that shortly. But first, I want to talk about Tammy and her sister. Uh, so she's—it's like tensions are certainly building in the house there as well. 
between Tammy and her sister. And we talked about last week. And I just, I do think it's fair to remind everybody that she did like kind of put her life on pause to come to take care of Gracie, (laughs) like to like to, which is to help. Um, But so she gets the results of her real estate exam and she has passed, which is very exciting. Um, But they have a moment, uh, tensions, like I said, are building. And so finally it comes to a head. Uh, Coach Taylor is doing, looking at game film and then the office comes on because she recorded over his game film. (laughs) And she's like, is it an important game? And he's like, yeah, it was an important game. Like my job. Um, So, but though I also, I like that NBC also promoted one of their other shows during it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it was kind so of, fun. it was good. And I think The Office, I think when Matt and Julie first start dating and they have a little date night yeah, with Taylor's, I think, I think they're watching yeah. The Office. Which is I think fun. it appears like, yeah, several times in the, you know. In the in the show, which is pretty funny. Uh, so basically, long story short, Coach Taylor ends up saying to her, like, when are you leaving? And <laughs> it's not nice how he says it. It's not nice how he handles it. She's like very embarrassed. Um, and she does leave to go stay in a motel. Um, then Tammy comes home and there's a cab there and she's getting in her in a motel and to go to a motel. And she says, she'll call her and says, Eric asked her to leave. And, um, there's a moment between Tammy and Eric where she says like, did you ask my sister to leave today? And he said, yes. And she said, is, can we not like next time I have a family member here, can you let that be my decision? Right. Can we talk it out? <laughs> you know, he really, he did, he jumped the gun. <laughs> he went over, the line in the way that it was handled. Um, it was probably for the best. And so her sister is actually going to move to Dallas and be a real estate agent there. And I actually don't think we ever see her again in the show. So I assume she did fine. Um, <laughs> so that's, 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 that's that. <laughs> um, and then Tammy makes a good point And she says to Eric, so like now what are we going to do? We both work full time and there's no one to right. take care of crazy. So now. Maybe they jumped the gun. <laughs> Maybe they jumped the gun. The ep- I love the episode names because they always kind of do. They do uh-huh. fit. Uh, so our other, I guess, final major storyline is Smash. Yeah. So we are at the point of getting, you know, verbal commitments. He's being recruited heavily by a number of colleges, uh, Alabama. They bring up Michigan. I was very excited. Um, and so he's got everyone, you know, Banging down his door, his dance card is quite full. Uh, and Noel, his girlfriend, of course, is now his like most trusted advisor and is a big part of this, much to the chagrin of Smash's mother, who doesn't like this one bit. Uh, and then we see his mom at the grocery store, and she's like basically being accosted by a recruiter who wants to buy her yeah. her groceries. And she's like, "I will buy my own groceries." And he makes he says to her, and this was interesting. This was like a good conversation he says to her like we also have a great relocation package we are able to move I don't even know if this is legal to be honest with you but probably not um I'm gonna assume not I assume the NCAA would frown upon this uh but we can move you and your family and set you up with a house and with a job and then she says to him and then what happens if he gets hurt Mm -hmm. like oh he's not gonna get hurt she's (laughs) like what if he gets hurt what happens to my job in my house I think we all know what happens to the job in the house you know so Luckily, uh, Tammy is at the grocery store and kind of saves her from the situation. And they talk in the the yard and and she or in the parking lot. And she she gets very emotional, Mrs. Williams, and says, "You know, I've I've raised him my whole life." And then like Noel walks in here, and she like all of a sudden is ah. he seems to trust her more than me, which was hard to hear. And and Tammy says something 
you know, and, and she says, I want, I just want him to be a good man. And Tammy says something which I think resonates and is really important. And she says, but he's trying to secure his future in the best way he knows how. Mm-hmm. And for Smash, that's football. Mm-hmm. You know, and in his mind, at least, that's right. the best way he can secure his future. So Tammy asked uh, Eric to talk to him, of course. So Smash and Noel go to talk to Eric, and Noel kind of like steers that conversation. Uh, but Coach Taylor brings up some interesting points that they haven't thought about. So earlier, this felt, I thought this scene was like in rewatching it the hallway scene. So they're like smash and mad or like walking down the hallway with their friends. And then that, that really obnoxious Larrabee quarterback is like, yo smash, I'm going to TMU. Where are you going? And like, everyone's like gathered around laughing. I'm like, what is happening here? It was like, and I think maybe it was supposed to be kind of cheesy, but like, yeah. it was just like, what is going on? It felt very West side story. I have to say, um, I thought kind of thought they were going to break out into song and dance, which would have been amazing, but they did not. Um, so smash is like, oh, I'm going to Alabama. But really, Smash wants to go to TMU. And mm-hmm. when they meet with Coach Taylor, you know, she Noelle is like, well, we're thinking Alabama. And um, Coach Taylor is like, well, Alabama is a great program, but they have the number one running back in the country. Right. So you're not going to play. And yeah. brings up points that, like, an adult thinks about, you know. Right. And important points. Uh, so by the end of the episode, though – Smash uh, is uh, offer from T- gets an offer from TMU, which is where he's always wanted to play, and he makes a verbal commitment, and um, that's kind of where they are. But it's a big, it's an important growing episode, and it's kind of a good reminder that you don't know everything at sixteen, and it's mm-hmm. good to listen to people around you. Yeah, um, for sure. And it's a good reminder. You know, Tammy says something to Eric similar to what Smash's mom said to Eric a few episodes ago when the recruiting started, when she said, I'm not asking you to be his father, but I am here to remind you that he doesn't have one. Yeah. And Tammy says to him, I'd like you to talk to him. And, you know, Eric says, as soon as I figure out how to not have my ass handed to me on Friday night, I'll do that. (laughs) And she says, you know, just remember, he doesn't have a strong male influence in his life. Um, So there's that. So that is – that episode. Yeah. It was a good one. It was. It was a good one. Uh, so next week, because – so we're going to have – obviously the AFC and NFC Championship games will have happened and we'll have our Super Bowl teams. But next week, we will, of course, recap those games and then we will do two, not one, but two episodes of Friday Night Lights because we are going to go on a little bit of a hiatus after Super Bowl and we want to get you through season two. So we're going to do two episodes of Friday Night Lights and then the following week, we will preview the Super Bowl and do another episode of Friday Night Lights, maybe two, because we want to get you, like I said, through the season. Uh, so that's what I have. Steph, shall we do a fangirl says who's hot, who's not? Sure. Fangirl says who's hot, who's not. All right, Steph, why don't you go first? All right. So I'm going to start with the who's not, which is James Harden going into the NBA a little bit. I just didn't like what he said about his teammates. And there's a common thread for me whenever anybody puts down their teammates. It's fine to boost yourself up, but just to say that they're not very good bugged me. And then, of course, there was the four-team trade that got him to the Nets, which I'm happy that he's happy, but I don't like the way he went on about that. So he's my who's not hot. 
<laughs> that's, that's We've talked about that before too. Like if you get your way and you get your trade, why don't you leave everybody? You got your way, be happy. You don't have to down, put everyone else down. And then of course my who's hot and I'm, is, is KD. Um, he's also on the nets, but he just looks so great. And everybody knows that he had that horrific, um, Achilles injury and to see him come out of that and just return to be even better than he was it, that than he left you know I think it's just so exciting to watch and he's just one of those you know all-star perfect players in my opinion and I'm just glad that he's healthy and happy and playing well fantastic all right my who's not hot is all well it's going to stay in Houston, even though Harden's no longer in Houston, but it is going to be the Houston Texans. I don't know how you have a quarterback of the caliber of Deshaun Watson on the field, the locker room presence, everything he does off the field in the community. Like this is a like truly incredible man in every facet and how you don't do everything to keep him happy. I do not know. So the Houston Texans are not hot. I'm pretty sure they've been my not hot before for a variety of reasons. <laughs> but the Houston Texans, so lucky Fair. you multiple times, the Houston Texans are not hot. And then my who's hot is not going to surprise you or anybody, but I'm giving it to Tom Brady because okay. 15 conference championships is pretty amazing. And, yeah. uh, you know, first year in the NFC, and I totally agree with you, that team was built to be a contender. They needed a quarterback, but – that quarterback came in and they are in the NFC championship game. So we'll see how Sunday goes. And with that, my friends, if you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and we will talk to you next week. Bye, Steph. Bye. Sports opinions with a side of satire. We're the first in tens, a weekly show delivering the spiciest opinions on football, life, and especially each other. And we can do that because we've been best friends for so long. I'm Amy. And I'm Jasmine. First in tens will bring you sports from the female perspective while also injecting pop culture, fashion, and music into our daring dialogue. We're saucy, edgy, and most of all, we, we think, think we're, we're funny, funny AF. First in tens, light on stats, heavy on sass. Follow us at firstintenspodcast.com.